This episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, and they have over 100,000 titles available for download. Visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. To relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and listen to part two of chapter two of the high deeds of Finn and other bardic romances of ancient Ireland, as told by Minogu. Before we begin our story, we wanted to remind you that we release new tales for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release on every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales from around the world. Now then, without further ado, this is The High Deeds of Finn and Other Bardic Romances of Ancient Ireland. In the meantime, word was brought to Baylor of the Mighty Blows, King of the Fomorians, and to his queen, Kethlin, of the Twisted Teeth of the shame and destruction that had been done to their stewards, and they assembled a great host of the sea rovers, and manned their warships, and the northern sea was white with the foam of their oar blades as they swept down upon the shores of Erin. And Balor commanded them, saying, When ye have utterly destroyed and subdued the people of Dana, then make fast your ships with cables to the land of Erin, and tow it here, to the north of us, into the region of ice and snow. And it shall trouble us no longer. So the host of Baelor took land by the falls of Dara, and began plundering and devastating the province of Canacht. Then Lu sent messengers abroad to bring his host together, and among them was his own father, Kian, son of Kanta. And as Cain went north on his errand to rouse the Ulstermen, and was now come to the plain of Muthmeni, near the Dongadea. He saw three warriors armed and riding across the plain. Now, these three were the sons of Turin, by name Brian and Lokar and Lokarba. And there was an ancient blood feud between the house of Kanta and the house of Turin, so that they never met without bloodshed. Then Cain thought to himself, if my brothers, Q and Kithan, were here, they might be a pretty fight. But as they are three to one, I would do better to fly. Now, there was a herd of wild swine nearby, and Cain changed himself by druidic sorceries into a wild pig and fell to rooting up the earth among the others. When the sons of Turin came up to the herd, Brian said, Brothers, did you see the warrior what was just now journeying across the plain? We saw him, said they. What is become of him? said Brian. Truly, we cannot tell, said the brothers. It is good ye keep watch in time of war, said Brian. But I know what has taken him out of our sight, for he struck himself with a magic wand and changed himself into the form of one of those yonder swine, and he is rooting the earth among them now. Wherefore, said Brian, I deem that he is no friend to us. 
If so, we have no help for it, they said. For the herd belongs to some man of the diamonds. And even if we set to and began to kill the swine, the pig of druidism might very well be the one to escape. Have ye learned so little in your studies, said Brian, that ye cannot distinguish a druidic beast from a natural beast? And with that, he smote his two brothers with a magic wand and changed them into two slender fleet hounds, and they darted in among the herd. And when the herd scattered and fled, but the hounds separated the druidic pig and chased it towards a wood where Brian awaited it. As it passed, Brian flung his spear, and it pierced the chest of the pig and brought it down. The pig screamed, Evil have you done to cast at me! Brian said, That hath the sound of human speech. Well, of course I am in truth a man, said the pig, and I am Cain, son of Kanta, and I pray that you show me mercy. That we will, said Lucar and Lucarbra, and sorry are we for what happened. Nay, said Brian, but I swear by the wind and the sun that if thou hast seven lives, I would have taken them all. Uh, grant me a favor, then, said Cain. We shall grant it, said Brian. Let me, said Cain, return into my own form that I may die in the shape of a man. I had life a kill a man than a pig, said Brian. Then Cain became a man again and stood before them, the blood trickling from his breast. I have outwitted you now, cried he, for if you had killed a pig, you would have paid a pig's eric. But now you shall pay the Eric of a man. Never was greater Eric in the land of Erin than that which ye shall pay. And I swear that the very weapons which ye slay me with shall tell the tale to the Avenger of Blood. Well then, you shall have be slain with no weapons at all, said Brian. And they picked up the stones of the plain of Mirthmeny and arraigned them upon him till he was of one wound, and he died. So they buried him as deep as the height of a man, and went their way to join the host of Lu. When the host was assembled, Lu led them into Connacht, and smote the Fomorians and drove them to their ships. But of this tale we'll tell not here. But when the fight was done, Lu asked of his comrades if they had seen his father in the fight, and how it fared with him. And of course they said they had not seen him. Then Lu made search among the dead, and they found not Kian there. Were Kian alive, he would be here, said Lu, and I swear by the wind and the sun that I will not eat or drink till I know what has befallen him. On the return, the Darnan host passed by the plain of Mirthmany, and when they came near the place of the murder, the stones cried aloud to Lu, and Lu listened and they told him of the deed of the sons of Turin. Then Lu searched for the place of a new grave, and when he found it, he caused it to be dug, and the body of his father was raised up, and Lu saw that it was but a litter of wounds. And he cried out, O oh, wicked and horrible deed!
and he kissed his father and said, I am sick from this sight. My eyes are blind from it. My ears are deaf from it. My heart stands still from it. Ye gods that I adore, why was I not here when this crime was done? A man of the child of Donna slain by his fellows. And he lamented long and bitterly. Then Kion was again laid in his grave, and a mound was heaped over it, and a pillar stone set thereupon, and his name written in Ogham, and a dirge was sung for him. After that, Lu departed to Tara, to the court of the high king, and he charged his people to say nothing of what had happened until he himself made it known. When he reached Tara with his victorious host, the king placed Lu at his own right hand before all the princes and lords of the Danan folk. Lu looked round about him and saw the sons of Turin sitting among the assembly, and they were among the best and the strongest and the handsomest of those who were present at that time. Nor had any borne themselves better in any fight with the sea rovers. Then Lu asked of the king that the chain of silence might be shaken, and the assembly heard it and gave their attention to Lu, and Lu said, O king, and ye princes of the people of Dana, I ask what vengeance would each of you exact upon a man who had foully murdered your father? Then they were all astonished, and the king answered and said, Surely it is not the father of Lu, Lamfada, who has thus been slain. Thou hast said it, said Lu, and those who did the deed are listening to me now, and know it better than I. The king said, Not in one day would I slay the murderer of my father, but I would tear him limb from limb, day by day till he were dead. And so spake all the lords of the Danans, and the sons of Turin among the rest. They have sentenced themselves, the murderers of my father, said Lu. Nevertheless, I shall accept an Eric from them, and if they will pay it, it shall be well. But if not, I shall break the peace of the king's assembly and of his sanctuary. But let them beware how they leave the Haltara until they have made me satisfaction. Had I slain your father, said the High King, glad should I be to have an Eric accepted for his blood. Then the sons of Turin whispered among themselves, It is to us that Lu is speaking, said Lucar and Lucarbra. Let us confess and have the Eric assembled upon us, for he has got knowledge of our deed. Nay, said Brian, but he may be seeking for an open confession and then perchance he would not accept an Eric. But the two brethren said to Brian, Do thou confess, because thou art the eldest, or if thou do not, then we shall. So Brian, son of Turin, rose up and said to Lou, It is to us thou hast spoken, Lou, and since thou knowest there is enmity of old time between our houses, and if thou wilt have it that we have slain thy father, then declare our Eric, and we shall pay it. I will take an Eric from you, said Lou. 
And if it seem too great, I will remit a portion of it. Declare it, then, said the sons of Dorin. This is it, said Lou. Three apples, the skin of a pig, a spear, two steeds in a chariot, seven swine, a whelp of a dog, a cooking spit, and three shouts on a hill. We would not consider heavy hundreds or thousands of these things, said the sons of Turin. But we misdoubt thou hast some secret purpose against us. I deem it no small Eric, said Lou. And I call to witness the High King and Lords of the Danans that I shall ask no more. And do ye on your side give me guarantees for the fulfillment of it. So the High King and the Lords of the Danans entered into bonds with Lou and with the sons of Turin, that the Eric should be paid and should be wiped out the blood of Cian. Now, said Lou, it is better for me to give you fuller knowledge of the Eric. The three apples that I have demanded of you are the apples that grow in the Garden of Hesperides in the east of the world, and none but these will do. Thus it is with them. They are the color of bright gold, and as large as the head of a month-old child. The taste of them is like honey. If he who eats them has any running sore or evil disease, it is healed by them. They may be eaten and eaten, and shall never be less. I doubt, O oh young heroes, if ye will get these apples, for those who guard them know well an ancient prophecy that one day three knights from the western world would come attempt them. And as for the skin of the pig, that is a treasure of the Tush, the king of Greece. If it be laid upon a wounded man, it will make him whole and well. If only it overtake the breath of life in him. And do you know what is a spear that I demand? We do not, said they. It is the poison spear of Pisia. The king of Persia, and so fierce is the spirit of war in it, that it must be kept in a pot of sulfuric herbs, or it would fly out in rage for death. And do ye know what are the two horses and the chariot ye must get? We do not know, said they. The steeds and the chariot belong to Dobar, king of Sicily. They are the magic steeds and can go indifferently over land and sea. Nor can they be killed by any weapon unless they be torn in pieces and their bones cannot be found. And the seven pigs are the swine of Azel, king of the golden pillars, which may be slain and eaten every night and the next morning. They are alive again. And the hound whelp I asked of you, is the whelp of the king of Arroway. That can catch and slay any beast in the world. Hard it is to get possession of that whelp. Now the cooking spit is one of the spits that the fairy women of the Isle of Fincory have in their kitchen. And, of course, the hill, on which she must give three shouts, is the hill where dwells Mokhen, in the north of Lochlan. No Mokhen and his sons have it as a sacred ordinance that they permit not any man to raise a shout upon their hill.
With him, it was that my father was trained to arms, and if I forgave ye his death, yet would Morkin not forgive it. And now ye know the Eric, which ye have to pay for the slaying of Kyan, son of Kanta. Astonishment and despair overcame the sons of Turin when they learned the meaning of the Eric of Lu, and they went home to tell the tidings to their father. This is an evil tale, said Turin. I doubt but death and doom shall come from your seeking of that Eric, and it is but right that they should. Yet it may be that ye shall obtain the Eric if Lu or Manin will help you to it. Go now to Lu and ask him for the loan of the fairy steed of Manin, which was given to him to ride over into the Sea of Erin. He will, of course, refuse you, for he will say that the seed is but lent to him, and he may not make a loan of a loan. Then ask him for the loan of the Ocean Sweeper, which is the magic boat of Manin, and that he must give, for it is sacred ordinance with Lu, not to refuse a second partition. So they went to Lu, and it all fell out as Turin had told them, and then they went back to Turin. Ye have done something towards the Eric, said Turin, but not much. Yet Lu would be pleased well that ye brought him whatever might serve him when the Fomorians came into battle again, and well pleased would he be that ye might get your death in bringing it. Go now, my sons, and blessing and victory be with you. Then the sons of Turin went down to the harbour on the Boyne River, where the boat of Marlin was, and Ethne, their sister, was with them. And when they reached the place, Ethne broke into lamentations and weeping. But Brian said, Weep it not, dear sister, but let us go forth gaily to great deeds. Better a hundred deaths in this quest of honour than to live and die as cowards and sluggards. But Ethne said, Ye are banished from Erin. Never was there a sadder death. Then they put forth from the river mouth of the Boyne, and soon the fair coast of Erin faded out of sight. And now, said they among themselves, what course shall we steer? Uh, no need to steer the boat of Manin, said Brian, and he whispered to the boat, Bear us swiftly, boat of Manin, to the garden of Herespides. And the spirit of the boat heard him, and it leapt eagerly forward, lifting and dipping over the rollers, and throwing up an arch of spray each side of its bows, wherein sat a rainbow, when the sun shone upon it. And so in no long time they drew nigh to the coast, where was the far-famed garden of the golden apples. And now how shall we set about the capture of the apples, said Brian. Eh, draw a sword and fight for them, I suppose, said Lucar and Lucabra. And if we are the stronger, we shall win them, and if not, we shall fall. As fall we surely must for the Eric, for Cain to be paid. Eh, nay, said Brian, but whether we live or die, let not men say of us that we went blind and headlong to our tasks, but rather that we made the head help of the hand and that we deserve to win, even though we were lost. Now my counsel is that we approach the garden in the shape of three hawks, strong of wing, and that we hover about until the wardens of the tree have spent all their darts and javelins and 
casting at us. And then we let them swoop down suddenly and bear off each of us in an apple if we may. So it was agreed, and Brian struck himself and each of the three brothers with a druid wand, and they became three beautiful, fierce, and strong-winged hawks. When the wardens perceived them, they shouted and threw showers of arrows and darts at them. But the hawks evaded all of these until the missiles were spent, and then they each seized an apple in his talons. But Brian seized two, for he took one in his beak as well. Then they flew as swiftly as they might to the shore where they had left their boat. Now the king of that garden had three fair daughters, to whom the apples in the garden were very dear. And he transformed the maidens into three griffins, who pursued the hawks. And the griffins threw darts of fire, as if it were lightning at the hawks. Brian! then cried Lucar and his brother. We are being burnt by these darts. We are lost unless we can escape them. On this, Brian changed himself and his brethren into three swans, and they plunged into the sea, and the burning darts were quenched. Then the griffins gave over the chase, and the sons of Turin made for their boat, and they embarked with the four apples. Thus, their first quest was ended. After that, they resolved to seek the pigskin from the king of Greece, and they debated how they should come before him. Let us, said Brian, Assume the character and garb of poets and men of learning, for such are wont to come from Ireland and to travel foreign lands, and in that character shall the Greeks receive us best, for such men have honour among them. It is well said, replied the brothers, yet we have no poems in our head, and how to compose one we know not. Howbeit they dressed their hair in the fashion of the poets of Erin, and went up to the palace of Tush, the king. The doorkeeper asked of them who they were and what was their business. We are bards from Ireland, they said, and we have come with a poem to the king. Let them be admitted, said the king, when the doorkeeper brought him the tale. They have doubtless come thus far to seek a powerful patron. So Brian and Lucar and Lucarbra came in and were made welcome and were entertained. And then the minstrels of the king of Greece chanted the lays of the country before them. After that came the turn of the stranger bards, and Brian asked his brethren if they had anything to recite. Oh, we have not, they said. We know but one art, to take what we want by the strong hand if we may, and if we may not, to die fighting. That too is a difficult art, said Brian. Let us see how we thrive with the poetry. So he rose up and recited this lay. Mighty is thy fame, O king, towering like a giant oak. For my song I ask no thing, save a pigskin for a cloak. When a neighbor with his friend quarrels, they are ear to ear. Who on us their stones shall spend, shall be richer than they were. Armies of the storming wind, raging seas, the sword's fell stroke. Thou hast nothing to my mind, save thy pigskin for a cloak. That is a very good poem, said the king. But one word of its meaning I do not understand. I will interpret it for you, said Brian. 
Mighty's thy fame, O king, towering like a giant oak. That is to say, as the oak surpasses all of the other trees of the forest, so do you surpass all the kings of the world in goodness, in nobility, and in liberty. A pigskin for a cloak, that is the skin of Tush, which I would fain receive as the reward for my lay. When a neighbour with his friend quarrels, they are ear to ear. That is to signify that you and I shall be about each other's ears over the skin, unless you are willing to give it to me. Such is the sense of my poem, said Brian, son of Turin. I would praise your poem more, said the king, if there were not so much about my pigskin in it. Little sense have you, O oh man of poetry, to make that request of me. For not to all poets, scholars, and lords of the world would I give the skin of my own free will. But what I would do is this. I would give the full of that skin of red gold thrice over reward for that poem. Thanks be to you, said Brian, for that. I knew that I had asked too much. But I also know that thou wouldst redeem the skin amply and generously. And now... Let the gold be duly measured out of it, for greedy am I, and I will not abate an ounce of it. And that is part two of chapter two of The High Deeds of Finn and other bardic romances of ancient Ireland, as told by my Nogan. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us to keep these stories alive for future generations to come. Also remember to subscribe to us on your podcast application and leave us a five-star rating if you enjoyed this story. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we wouldn't be able to continue these stories, and we truly appreciate it. Visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening to our story. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. While this story is over, you can still visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. Let us know what you've listened to recently on Audible via our Facebook page. We're always looking for new recommendations.